Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day you're watching this broadcast. This is Dr. Eric Tangumonken with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. There is so much potential in you already. I say this because you have been created in the image and likeness of God. And God who created you, endowed you with what is going to take for you to be truly successful. I garden a lot. Last season, I was out behind my house to harvest pepper. And I saw one of the pepper trees. The plant produced so much pepper from branch to branch, a lot of pepper. And it struck me immediately. Look at how much a single pepper plant can produce. The pepper did not have to struggle. The pepper did not do anything. It was just being a pepper plant. That increase was in that tiny little pepper seed that was planted. Can you imagine that? That tiny seed multiplied and multiplied and multiplied and became so much pepper. Why will the pepper produce so much? Meanwhile, you are afraid to grow, to increase, to reach a full potential. God who created the pepper created you as well. Remember what Jesus said? That when you look at the sparrow, the little sparrow, none of them falls down without God's knowledge. How much more of you, you are worth more than the little sparrow. Talking about little things that matter. I will never forget when I prayed for socks and God provided those socks for me. I had just arrived in the United States and I needed extra pairs of socks and I did what I normally do. I pray for my Heavenly Father to provide for me. Yes, I prayed for socks. As little as that is, at that particular time, I could not go to the store and buy socks. And I prayed, Lord, Father, I need socks. Provide me socks. And not too long from, 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 that, from, the, from, from that time, somebody knocked my door at 11 p.m. I got up, opened the door, and this student handed me a package. When I opened it, 
I saw six pairs of socks in there and I got excited. Yes! I was having six pairs of socks for the first time in my life. Wow. Please don't pity me. Don't pity me. The issue was more than the socks. I learned two lessons. The first one is, just as Jesus said, God takes care of the flowers of the field, which are here today, and the next day, they are thrown in the oven and takes care of the birds. They never go hungry. And that God also takes care of us. In other words, if God could stop and take care of something as mundane, as simple, as easy, as socks, how much more will he take care of bigger stuff? Indeed, at that particular time, I had bigger stuff to deal with. I was an international student, had no job. My tuition was more than $4,000. And I was not having that tuition to pay. And even beyond the tuition, I was looking at finishing graduate school without any loans, without any money in the bank for me to finish school with. Now, do you know the best part of it? My faith was strengthened that God had provided the socks. He was going to take care of me. And indeed, he did. Before we move into today's topic, I would like you to do three things for me. The first thing is, please share this broadcast. You can do that. It's not going to cost you anything. Invite other people to join us if you're watching on Facebook. Somebody's going to hear something today that will encourage them, that will strengthen them, that will set them free. And the last thing, get a copy of my book. Yes, this is the book of the month. This is the book of the day. Racism, where is your sting? Yes, we are here to put racism out of business. We are here to put the last nail on the coffin of racism. In fact, racism is dead as far as I'm concerned. Get a copy, not just for yourself. Get a copy for some other person. And there is room for huge deep discounts for people who need more than one copy. You have to read a book so that you can understand the message that I'm bringing and it's going to prevent you from misunderstanding some of what I'm about to say. So far, gone through three chapters of the book already. And we are going to be starting chapter four today. We went through chapter one, where we're trying to define what racism is and other isms, tribalism, ethnocentrism. We move to chapter two, where we focused on the interplay of the inferiority complex and superiority complex. 
The whole issue is that some people seem to have the need to be superior and they want other people to be inferior so that they can exert their superiority. Both have an issue. The person that feels are superior and the person that feels are inferior. None is. And in chapter 3, it was telling it as it is. So far, we've seen that discrimination, racism, you call it, they are issues of the heart. And these issues of the heart are not restricted to the United States of America alone. These issues of the heart are not restricted to interaction between Caucasians and people from other ethnicities. I've been deliberately refusing to use color for a reason, because our color scheme is not only faulty, it's wrong. It's absurd, it doesn't make sense. Again, black, isn't it? I'm not black, I'm not this color. White, isn't it? Have you ever met anybody like this? If you have met a person that is white like this, please do me a favor. I need to see some comments and some pictures. Unfortunately, these mischaracterizations, misrepresentations, these social constructs have become so perver uh, prevalent that we are having a hard time moving away from it. You hear all the time, oh, the blacks and the whites don't get along. Who are the blacks and who are the whites? This is white here. I don't see people like this. Remember when I was talking about color, I said in the Munani language, we have three colors, red, white, and black, red, white, and black. And the, 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 the white, those who, who we call white, in the Munani language, we call them red. If you want to play the color game, welcome to the real world. It's not funny. And that is why each and every one of us must make a conscious decision to move away from using color to classify people. Stop calling people white or black. They have names for a reason. And those who are behind trying to divide and rule us, we have to put them out of business by recognizing that we hold this truth to be Self-evident, all men are created equal. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. Color is deceptive. Color is faulty. I'm going to start talking about lessons from the past. We're going to be looking in chapter 4 right now. Lessons from the past. If we want to know how to move forward, it's time to look behind a little bit. I'll be opening a can of canker worms. Bear with me, it's going to stink. However, we're not going to remain in the place of hurt. We're going to move forward to victory. Let's start with this quote by Dan Penner. He says, we cannot change the past, only recover from it and perhaps learn its cruel lessons. We cannot change the past. Can I say that again? 
You cannot change the past. What has happened has happened. Get over it. Yes, get over it. Learn from the past, but don't change the past. And that is why some of what has been going on, people tearing down statues and all that, burning flags, trying to erase history. You, you, you don't do it like that. Yeah, I know some people will not like me saying this. What's going to change? Allow those statues to stand up when people ask, what happened? Who is this guy? Why are we having him on display? We can use it as a point of reference. This person this, did, did this and that and that. Eradicating it, removing it and burning it. He's trying to change the past. We don't change the past. We learn from its cruel lessons. Now you may be thinking that I'm giving a pass to all the perpetrators of racism and those that uh, 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 have seized, uh, seized native lands, exploited, enslaved, and pillaged other cultures. Please listen to me and listen carefully. I'm not refusing the past. I, I'm not glossing over the past. I'm not justifying the past. I'm not saying that whatever happened in the past is justifiable. It's wrong. However, we are not going to remain in the past. You know, those advocating for social justice and calling for reparations for past crimes are not looking at the complete picture because they are making sweeping generalizations about the past that are not so. It's very easy. The past is always, hindsight is 50-50. There is 20, hindsight is 20-20. It's very easy to sit today and judge the past using today's standard. That is wrong. I'm going to reiterate again. I strongly condemn whatever happened in the past. I may still be happening. In the same light, Anybody in this day and age who still thinks that the amount of melanin in somebody's skin is a, a criterion to divide humans into different races should wake up if you are still thinking that, oh, there are different human races because, oh, we have different pigmentation. Really? Is that enough? The amount of melanin to put somebody into a different racial category? What is that based on? The color of somebody's skin has nothing whatsoever to do with their intellectual capacity, integrity, their character, their worth, and their achievement. It's bogus to think like that. If you're still thinking that how somebody looks on the outside can determine the content of their character. You need to wake up because that isn't true. Skin color does not make people superior or inferior either way. Skin color does not make people inferior or superior. Can you point to any reputable scientific journal? I mean, a journal that is peer reviewed 
or of any study that supports such absurdity, can you, if you have a journal that has been able, I mean, peer review scientific journal that established that somebody's skin color has something to do with the content of their character, please, I want to see on the comments, cite the journal. I would like to read it. You may be insisting that you've heard or watched some movie or read uh, some book that says such and such about other ethnicities. All these sources are wrong because they will not stand the scrutiny when facts are engaged. I don't care what movies you've watched and what other people say or what, what news channel you watch. Just because some people say something, it doesn't make it true. You have, just because you watch it on TV, just because you've made a movie about it, it doesn't make it true. There are many things that people believe that isn't true. Is Santa Claus true? Father Christmas true? Are there any Easter bunnies? Just because something is paraded, celebrated, or even worshipped doesn't make it true. While I have zero, zero tolerance for those who believe that skin color is some reliable criterion to classify and discriminate against people, I will differ when it comes to the way forward. I'm going to be proposing a simple solution. And it may be so simple that some will say, oh, come on, this is not going to work. But it works, as you're going to see. You know, I wrote the book not because I, I want to uh, throw more fuel into a, a raging flame or to uh, uh, propagate hate. No, it's a message of hope. Because those who go down the road of hate and vengeance are subjecting themselves in the worst kind of slavery. Those who go down the road of hate and vengeance are not doing themselves any good. It is almost better to be in physical change than to be mentally bound. It's almost better. I didn't say better, but it's almost better. Because when you have physical chains on you, at least, you know when they take off those chains, you'll be free. But when you are mentally bound, when you are mentally enslaved, you are in serious trouble. No wonder. It is written, Romans 12, 2. Be you transformed by the renewal of your mind. King Solomon even puts it better. Above all else, Guard your heart, for out of it flows the stings of life. How you think, how you view yourself, has a lot to do with the outcome that you're going to get. Who are you? Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? 
Who are you? Have you allowed other people to define you for you? I've said this and I'm going to say it again. If somebody calls you a donkey, as insulting, as degrading as that is, are you a donkey because they say you are? Are you a donkey because they say you are? Do you sound like a donkey? Do you look like a donkey? Do you eat like a donkey? If the answer is no, then pity the person who sees another human and thinks they are a donkey. Pity the person who sees another human and calls them a donkey. They are the one that have a distorted vision. Their vision needs to be corrected. And that is why when it comes to defeating racism, it's on you. Don't change. Don't try to change. Those that are supposed to know better, change yourself. Be assertive of who you are. Rise up and be human because you already are. You don't need some other person to validate you. You don't need to. You already have been validated. And until you walk in this, then will you be free. Yes, we are talking about the past. We are talking about lessons from the past. Yes, the past is too dark and painful. And the present is equally disheartening. However, it will be a tragedy to allow other people to control not only your past, but your present and your future. In other words, the narratives that you are believing, where did you get them from? Who is programming you? Who has told you who you are? Where did you get the information from? Are you comfortable in your skin? I've said it, and let me say it again. Anything about your life that you had zero control over cannot become a liability. It's an asset that was given to you. And one of those things is where you were born. The other one is who your parents were. The other one is the color of your skin. The other one is the time that, that, that you were born. You didn't choose any of this. Get over it. Stop thinking about it. Don't let other people talk trash into your mind to tell you, oh, because you were born on this particular continent, oh, because you look like this, there's something wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. I've said it, and I'm going to say it again. When they cut all of us, we all bleed red. It's important for you to understand that there's great potential in you. And in so much as people will try to limit you, if you don't believe it, it's not going to work. If you don't believe it, it's not going to work. If you don't believe it, it's not going to work. Rise up, child of God, and be all you were created to be. We're looking at the past. Those who believed in the past that they are superior were wrong. 
They were wrong. And they are still wrong if they believe that. It takes somebody to believe that are inferior, that they are inferior for this insanity to continue. Upset. When somebody thinks they are superior, they need somebody to believe that they are inferior for it to work. Have you been told you are inferior and you've accepted it? Says who? It's time to stop believing that you are inferior because you look and you sound in a particular way because you are not. Stop saying, oh, they did this to me and that is why I have to talk and act this way. You've lost control. You've lost control. That's the worst place to be. You're going to be manipulated and controlled. You've lost control. If you say, oh, I'm talking like this, I'm acting like this, I believe like this, because this person has done X, Y, Z to me, you've lost control. You've lost the big picture. Most of the challenges that we are dealing with today have been dealt with in the past. Therefore, we may do ourselves a lot of good if we, took, if we take a look at how some people handled enslavement, discrimination, maltreatment, injustices of, of all sorts. There are examples in the past for us to follow. And that's why this chapter is going to be focusing on some of these stories in the past and the lessons we can learn from them. Now, while some of you may dismiss these stories from the past that we're going to be looking at and experiences as mere stories, I invite you to take a close look and appreciate the wonderful message of hope that is embedded in some of these powerful narratives. I'm going to be inviting you to come with me to Egypt and meet a young man who suffered in the hands of his own brothers. And that young man is Joseph. There is a lot of parallel between Joseph and the African-Americans in the United States of America. And I'm going to be drawing on that parallel. I want you to stick along with me. And together, let's go back into the past. Let's look at somebody, how somebody handled slavery, how somebody handled betrayal, how somebody handled mistreatment, how somebody handled segregation, false accusation, and even his own Me Too moment. I want to thank you so much for listening today. Please do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, you have any questions, you have any comments, bring them on. If you have an objection, politely put it out there so we can have a conversation. I welcome your comments, I welcome your thoughts. Share the broadcast. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. We have a lofty goal of reaching 100,000 subscribers. We can make it come faster 
by subscribing. And if you haven't gotten a copy of this book, please do so and support what we are doing. Thank you so much. Remain blessed. Tomorrow, we are going to start looking at the life of Joseph. It's one of the most fascinating stories. The hope, the joy of forgiveness is at the apex of that story. Above all, God's supernatural agenda of preparing the coming of the Messiah. Until next time, remain blessed and thank you very much.